Hello and welcome to Actors Today, the podcast that includes an interview about the film industry and the actor's role and experiences within it. A fun section of what would you do to find out more about the actor and their thoughts and decisions. And a section quizzing them about their industry which you can participate in too. I'm Maria Ellswood and today I'm here with Casey Flanagan. Hello, how are you? I'm very well, thank you, Maria. How are you? I am fabulous. Uh, this, uh, thank you for doing this uh, kind of special edition podcast, as you're an agent as well as an actor. Um, the questions are going to be um, focused of you being on an agent, so any actors listening here, they will get to know more information and just understand more how being an agent works. Um, so the first question is, how did you get into becoming an agent? Uh, well, uh, as you've said, I was an actor first and I was with an agent, um, as was a friend of mine. We were both with the same agent and we were tied to a contract. So it meant that we couldn't leave or go anywhere else until the contract had, had come to its end. And as mine was running out before my friends was, we were talking to each other and said, what are you going to do? Uh, will, you, will you sign another contract? Will you find another agent? Or will you uh, go self-represented, which is something an actor can do as well? Um, and we weren't sure what to do, to be honest. Uh, we were sure that we were going to leave, but we weren't sure uh, which other agent we were going to approach. And then we came up with the idea, well, I suppose there is another option, and that is that we could do it ourselves. So that's uh, what happened. We spent the first six months uh, researching uh, what it takes to be an agent, what you need to know, uh, how to be an agent from an agent's point of view as opposed to a, an actor's point of view. Um, uh, so we spent, spent six months researching and then we thought, yep, yeah, we can definitely do this. So we launched our agency six months later, but we did what we call a soft launch. So we didn't make a big song and dance about it. We just went live. Um, and then we did our bigger launch two months later. So we, we had a few actors that we knew uh, sign up with us straight away. We kind of used those as guinea pigs. Um, they were good enough to let us do that. And then when we found that yeah, we were good at doing this, then we went public, so to speak, in January 2019. Uh, and it's not stopped since. Um, what is the best way for an actor to approach you? Uh, I, I would say the best way for an actor to approach any agent is by writing. Um, rarely will they take phone calls uh, because they're just they're too busy. Um, so I would write to your agent. But before you write, you need to do some research. And that's really crucial, I think. Um, sometimes we'll get, we'll get uh, emails written by people and they're copy and paste emails from, you know, they've probably written to about five or six or more agents that day. And they've just copied and pasted those those. Um, those emails and you can see, you know, so that's, that's not good. So what, what, what we would like is that if people were to write into us, we would hope that they've been on our website. Um, we would hope that they know what they want. That's really important. Um, and to know what they want to do as an actor or an actress or a performer. Um, but also why they've approached us. What is it about our agency that makes us perhaps different from others? Um, uh, and so therefore, for them to have done their research uh, and then write, really. But it doesn't have to be a, a great lengthy email. It should just be uh, a little bit of an introduction as who they are, why they're approaching us, 
what it is they can bring to our agency and what they want from our agency, and then a, a link to their spotlight profile. And their spotlight profile, um, when we get to their spotlight page, should be clear. So there should be certain things on there for us to look at. For example, there should be some really good headshots, some professional standard headshots. There should be a link to a showreel, and that showreel should be a good showreel. And their profile on their spotlight page should be listed in a way which is legible. So by that, I mean, it's good if they've got all their credits listed under tabs. And by doing that, it means that I can go, okay, so what theater has this person done? And I can find that all of that under one heading, what television, what um, musical theater, what, you know, you know, anything else really, all the sort of different disciplines within acting that somebody might be able to do, all listed in that way. Um, just so I've got a really good opinion and, and clear understanding as to what uh, this actor can bring to the agency and what we could possibly do for them. And how is your agency different from the others? I would say our agency is different because we set it out to be different. Um, in broad terms, there are two types of agencies. There are standard agencies um, and then there are cooperative agencies. A cooperative agency is generally made up by actors. They kind of run it themselves and they take turns in submitting each other. Um, and generally they'll have, a, have, a, have, a, have an office to do that. Um, and during that time, it's almost like they'll go on duty. They'll answer the telephones and they'll all act as agents for a day or two a week or uh, one week a month or whatever it will be. And then they'll rotate. Um, and then there's the traditional agency, um, which is uh, where you'll have a number of agents in an office, maybe with some assistance or casting or, or trying to make contacts for their clients. Ours is different in the way that it's, it's a bit of both. Um, we don't have other, uh, have other actors working for us as agents. But what we do have is a very flat structure so that everybody has a say in the way that the agency is run to varying different degrees. So, for example, one of the things, again, that makes us different, I believe, is that we're highly principled in our own values. And by that, um, I mean that we, we say who we are and we're very open about that. So on our website, we have a page that says this is what we're trying to do. This is our mission as a business, as, a, as, a, as an agency. These are our values. This is how we operate. So one of those is to be warrior spirited. We want everybody who comes into our agency to have that uh, level of resilience and toughness, if you like, because you will know, I'm sure, that many actors face rejection all the time. Um, so you can't let that overwhelm you. So you, you need to be able to overcome that. Um, we also have integrity. So integrity is really doing the right thing. So it's turning up to auditions. It's being open and honest all the time. Um, and it's about saying, speaking your mind and feeling safe to be able to do so. Um, care is another one of our values. To care for yourself is important, but also to care for other people and show that you care. Um, there's an awful lot of competition in this industry where actors feel they're competing against each other. Uh, and our belief is that there are roles for everybody. Every, anybody who wants to be an actor and who is an actor, there is a place for them because it's a huge, huge industry. And that place might be not ready for them now, but it will if they persist and have that warrior spirit. And act good, you know, be, have good behavior, because I think that good behavior breeds good behavior. Um, but also to care for other people as well. So to care for other people um, in, our, in our agency, we, we, are, we kind of treat it almost like as a family. So we call ourselves Ordarians. To become an Ordarian, you have to be part of, the, of our agency, but also to sign up to the values and, and live and breathe those values. 
Um, so we all care for each other. We're con constantly communicating with each other. Our actors are meeting with each other. They're having coffee with each other. They're helping each other with accents, with self-tapes. We have three workshops a month where all our actors can come together and they can perform in front of good casting directors. Uh, so there's that community feel about it. There's that community spirit where if somebody you know doesn't get the job they want, yes, they're going to be disappointed, but there's always going to be somebody there they can talk to. And the last one is honesty. Um, which is our guiding principle, overarching all of our all of our um, values, really, and that is just to be honest, to be honest with themselves, and to be honest with us, uh, and for us also, of course, to be honest with them. Um, so, if we're doing something that they don't like, or so, so there is uh, an opportunity where they think they, we could do something better, then they must tell us because our overall, you know, uh, objective, I suppose, is for everyone to be successful. Everyone in our agency to, to have the success that they want and need. Uh, and that includes the agency as well, so that the agency is elevated on the success of the actors and actresses that it has. So I think that really sets us apart from others because I think from all of the research we did, we only ever found one other agency that had their values on their website. No other agency seems to, seems to do that. And I think that's important because it, it's, it shows the ethos and what you stand for. Uh, and also it means that you can be called out if you're not living and working by those values. So I think that's what makes us different. Um, and we've had great results on the back of it. That is nice. People know that you, you, you care for them and you want them to get jobs. So it is, yeah. Um, do you think non-UK born actors can or should play UK roles? I think they can. Um, and I think if there's an opportunity for them, if they're the best person for the job um, and they can, if, if they're going to play a, a character which is from the UK and they can portray that character believably, then yes, absolutely. There's no, there's no reason why not. Um, we've got a number of actors and actresses that aren't from the UK uh, working for us at Adair. Um, some of them will be going for specific roles which is based around their own ethnicity, where they're from. But also, I mean, for example, we've had one actress who's from Germany who's just played a British um, character in Christopher, Roland, uh, Christopher Nolan's film, which is due to come out this summer, called Tenet, where she plays a British nanny. So she's got a really good role. You know, it's a high-profile role. She's playing with uh, actors like Kenneth Branagh, for example, in that film. Uh, and, and Christopher Nolan's one of the biggest cast, one of the biggest directors in the world. So, um, and she's from Germany, you know. So she, if she can do it, why can't anybody else? Um, what advice would you give to uh, to said actors about the industry from this point of view? So, what which actors? Sorry, you said said actors, but just actors. Uh, non UK born actors. Oh, I see. Right. Okay. So, I think they got to they've got to get to know the the industry. Uh, because it is probably different here than it might be in their home country. Um, we get that a lot. Uh, we, one of our assistants is also an actress. She's, she's American, Kristen. Uh, and she says that the industry in America is completely different to it is in the UK, for example. So I, I, I imagine it's, it's different in Spain. It's different in Romania or wherever uh, the, the artist might be from. So it's knowing the industry and knowing how the industry in the UK works um, is, is advisable. Uh, I think many um, relatively new actors or people who come to the country who are already actors and maybe even established actors in their own countries find that there's a, a, a real need to quickly get themselves representation and an agent in the UK. 
Um, and I think the first thing that anybody should do if they're from a different country is just to, to, to do your research first. There is no rush, you know. So to get to know how the industry works over here, to get to know the process so that you're better prepared and you can talk about that on a level with an agent if you're applying for representation. So that agent has confidence that you know what you're talking about uh, and know how the industry works as well. So um, that would be my advice is to do research. How do you go about establishing a good relationship with your CDs? Well, uh, we, um, we treat our, our, our casting directors just like people. I mean, ultimately, we're all here to do a job. We're all here to make films or television or put on a theatre show. Um, so for us, our attitude is that there is no, there's no superior um, being, if you like, in, in that relationship because we all have to do the job. We're all trying to make something collectively, whether you're the director, the producer, the exec producer, the casting director, the agent or the actor. Everybody is hopefully working together on the same level to produce something which is going to be great. So we treat casting directors just the same way as we treat anybody else, which I believe, and from what I've seen, um, isn't always the case. I think a lot of agents feel they've got to really impress casting directors and um, and you know, almost put on a mask whenever they meet them and pretend they're something that they're not. And, and I don't think there's a need for that. You know, I think casting directors are just people too. You've got to understand what a casting director's role is. A casting director has got to provide good actors um, to the company that's going to make the film. And if it can't do that, then it's in itself, it's going to, they're, they're going to struggle. So we treat casting directors um, just like a, everybody else with the same respect, value of respect as, as we would give to anybody else. But ultimately for us at Odair, our, our relationship with our clients, our actors, actresses and performers is the, is the one that we care the most about, um, even at the expense of uh, a relationship with anybody else. But when we do uh, contact uh, and have casting directors run our workshops, for example, we make sure they're very well looked after. We make sure they get paid as quickly as possible as soon as they've invoiced. Um, we treat them well, I, I like to think. And that's probably another reason why they keep coming back. And uh, lastly, for the serious questions, what do you wish actors and casting directors would know about um, agents and their work? Uh, well, from an actor's point of view, I think um, some actors might have, and I, I, I can say this because I was a, an actor myself and still am, um, that an actor just thinks that the agent just gets them jobs and that's all they do, that they sit on spotlight all day and they just respond to spotlight. And re in reality, particularly in an established agency, that's about, that's less than 10% of your daily work. Um, the other 90% is talking to your actors. Um, and that's really important that the lines of communication are always open because being an actor can be quite isolating. You can feel as if you're, you know, you're not being given information that you're that you could potentially be forgotten about, or you're not getting the opportunities that maybe some of the other clients might be getting in your um, in your agency. Um, so it's understanding that. It's understanding that it's tough. It's a very tough industry, and it's tough for everyone. It's tough for casting directors. It is for actors, and it is for agents. You know, um, we're all trying to we're all trying to get things done. So um, it would be great if actors could just understand that if, you're, if that actor isn't getting seen for auditions, then it's not necessarily the agent's fault. And I think really what's important is a good communication, honest communication, again, between the actor and the agent, 
so that if the agent makes a suggestion saying, look, you, you probably need new headshots or you need a new showreel or you need to change your CV in a, in a particular way, that the actor listens to that and takes that advice on. Um, so that's, that's, I think, really important. I think also from a casting director's point of view then and what a casting director should hopefully know about agents is that um, pretty much I would say all agents have very good talent. Uh, and I know casting directors very often are under pressure to get what we might call named talent to, to come in for certain roles because that's what producers want because that's what's going to get the viewing figures up for a particular uh, project. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I mean, a casting director's job is to find talent, really, and that's not necessarily always going back to the same, you know, A-list people. Um, there is a, a massive wealth of great talent um, within the UK, as there is everywhere else, I'm sure, and... I would love it if casting directors could just perhaps, not that they don't, but make more, um, make probably make actors more aware of the fact that they are doing all they can to get a diverse group of people in, new people in, um, so that they can they can get seen and, and get put into projects. Um, and that, I would say, would be it. Um, there are more questions, sorry. Okay, that's <laughs> fine, no, go ahead. Um, how are you keeping proactive in this current period? Well, uh, we're communicating with our actors every day. Um, some agencies I've noticed have, have announced the fact that they've shut their doors during the whole pandemic, which I think is wrong. Uh, we would never do that because to be an agent is to, is to, is to be a, is a privilege. Um, to look after somebody's career um, and help someone progress in their career is a privilege, without a doubt. So it's not to be taken lightly. Um, so we have continuously been connecting with our actors on a daily basis. We do anyway. Um, but whilst the work has slowed right down, although having said that, one of our clients got an audition today, so we're very excited about that. Um, whilst it has closed down, we've been setting our actors up with challenges. So we've had come up with something called the Coronavirus Challenge. Um, and we've got 94 actors on our books. And we've asked them to form teams of between four to six people. Um, and come up with a, the first, the first one we did was a, a radio play. So to come up with a 15 minute broadcast, because they could do it just by remotely, obviously, uh, just send, sending voice clips to each other. Um, and then to produce that. So they were given something like two weeks to come up with their own, um, their own effort. Um, we had nine entries into that. So there was a lot of people that took part. Um, and then we had a voting system so they could all vote for each other, but they couldn't vote for themselves. And then when we had the winners announced, so we had the best actor, best actress, best production, uh, best technical. Um, we actually had a, an award ceremony over Zoom where people got dressed up uh, and had champagne and uh, soft drinks. And, um, and the winners were announced and uh, everybody celebrated. So that was such a great success that um, we've now moved on to the second part of that. So now they've got to do a sequel or they can do something brand new. But this time they can't use uh, just MP3s just by audio. Now they've got to film it. So the challenge has got an awful lot harder because obviously everybody's going to be remote. But it's really exciting. They're loving it. Um, they're getting so excited by that. And on top of that, uh, which we had long before uh, the pandemic started, we set them challenges anyway. So we, we have workshops. Um, and then we also have challenges that we set for people to how to self-tape, how to try out different accents, um, how to edit your self-tape by putting in uh, voiceovers into your self-tape. And, and we're encouraging them to continue doing that as well. So we're very busy, um, albeit all in-house in and internally. And, um, 
and our actors are really happy because we're doing we're, we're continuing to do things like that for them that is an awesome thing to do like keep their creative mind going it, it, it is brilliant I, I didn't it's not, yeah, that it's so important. Yeah, yeah, because because being an actor, you you know, a lot of people might think that when they've been to drama school, that's it. You know, I don't need to do any more training. But like anything, you know, if you're an athlete, then you've got to continue to train. Um, no matter what you do, you know, in order to keep your skills up, you've got and you've got to be trying new things. So you've got to have a growth mindset. You've got to consider what else can I do? What else can I learn from? One of our actors was the third ever Phantom of the Opera. Uh, in the West End many, many years ago. So he's a gentleman of a certain age um, and he does the challenges. He's getting stuck in, you know, so if he can do it, everybody can. Um, and yeah, uh, I think it's really important continuous professional development any field, particularly acting and singing, for example, is really important. Um, you're an actor as well. How do you meet the two careers? Right, okay, thank you. Um, so um, my acting... Um, jobs are, aren't as frequent as they used to be because of the agency. Um, one of the um, things that Spotlight stipulated when uh, Jamie and I started All Dare was that um, it meant that we couldn't really act and we couldn't do both. Um, and that's, I suppose, because that some actors were setting themselves up as, ag as agents in order to get uh, more opportunities. So Jamie decided that he would retire from acting completely just to run the agency. So Jamie runs the agency sort of nine to five, if you like. He does the day-to-day -day stuff. He's the one that connects mostly with the casting directors and submits people for roles. Um, whereas I do more um, of the back of house sort of thing. So I do the continuous development for our actors. I do the finances for their, um, and, and those sorts of things, which gives me an opportunity then to still do some acting. But I don't do anywhere near as much as I as I used to, unfortunately, as and I and I miss it and I don't. And definitely, lastly, how has COVID nineteen affected you? Um, me personally, or as an agent? Uh, personally. Personally, that's a great question. Um, <clears throat> it's made me quite sad, really, um, in some respects. Because, um, because clearly, because the amount of people it's, it's seriously affected, I've been lucky, touch wood, as has most of my family, um, but I don't appear to have at least become ill as a result of it. Um, but it's sad to think the amount of people I have. Um, that's sad. It's sad um, to see that the NHS is really struggling um, and that the nurses and doctors and everybody else who works there are really struggling to just perform their, du their duties and their jobs. That's sad. Um, the good things that have come about it is the extra support that the NHS is getting from the general public, I think. That's nice. Clapping for the NHS. I remember the first time that happened, I got quite emotional. Um, and it does make you realise what is important in your life and what isn't, I suppose. And um, that's something else. And I think one of the things I've always tried to be aware of, and it's, it's become much more sort of highlighted um, during this whole pandemic, is being grateful. Just being grateful for what you do have. Um, you know, just, just a moment before I was talking to Andrea about um, how difficult it must be if you're living in a flat with a, you know, with a load of kids on your own. That must be hard, not being able to go out. Um, it must be hard if you're elderly and you live on your own and you can't get out um, and you can't get to the shops. And hopefully people are looking after those sorts of people. My neighbour next door is, would fall into that category and we make sure that she's okay all the time. 
Um, so those are nice things. I think some good has come of it. I think what's beautiful as well is the fact that the environment has been looked after during this whole time. You hear stories of, you know, uh, I saw something just today, in fact, that beavers have, have been found again in Norfolk, where they've been almost, well, they were thought to be extinct uh, up until very recently. And there's been dolphins, you know, in, in, the, in, the, in the water in Venice and all of that, I think, is fantastic. That's that's a nice thing that's come mm. of it. But um, otherwise, personally, I've not been really directly impacted or affected other than obviously my opportunity to be able to work has been reduced significantly. But other than that, it's, it could be worse. You know, there's always somebody who's much worse. Yeah, it could be worse. And yeah, I like how you're looking at the positive side of things as well. Yeah, uh, so now for the less uh, serious questions, yet serious still, um, because right. they are... Um, showing how much you um, you know your industry and yeah. if you're a fraud. Okay. <laughs> so just okay, beware. Um, oh, and beware of my pronunciation. I feel like I have worked on it, but it still needs to be um, it still needs to be given a warning. So the first okay. <laughs> for the first question, um, I saw the light was a 2016. A uh, biopic of which country music legend? I saw the light 2016, so I was four years ago. Oh, are there any clues? No? Um, clearly I'm struggling already. No clues. Okay. Um, I'm going to take a guess and say Dolly Parton. And would I be wrong? Um, it was played by Tom Hiddleston. Oh, it was. Um, oh, my goodness. You're right. I want to say Johnny Cash, but it wasn't Johnny Cash. I don't oh, know. I can't remember who he was playing. Okay, I'm going to say, I'm going to, I know Johnny Cash. I'm going to say Johnny Cash. Your answer is? Incorrect. Um, it was Hank Williams. Oh, right. Okay. Okay. Good question. Hard. Thank you. Which, which Welsh actor is also a composer? Anthony Hopkins. The answer is? Correct. I that one because I'm a Welsh actor myself, so I need to get that right. Um, first point. Next question. Who plays Bob in Lost in Translation? I enjoy seeing people's thinking faces. <laughs> um, yeah, it's not a good look. I'm going to have to pass. I'm sorry. The pressure's off me, Maria. Uh, I'm going to give you a clue. Um, okay. Grand holiday. Ground holiday. Oh, ground hog day. Bill Murray. The answer is <coughs> correct. Two points. And watching me embarrass myself. Um, which novelist adapted *Pride and Prejudice* for Joe Wright's movie version? I think Pride and Prejudice was written by Jane Austen, but I don't think she could have adapted it, because um, she's no longer with us. Um, 
So who would, who would have adapted that? Can I have a clue? It's a female. Oh. Um, a female authoress, novelist. Uh, for Joe Wright's version, which I'm not really familiar with either, sad to say. Do you know I'm going to have to pass, Maria? I'm sorry. It was uh, Deborah Moga. Oh, right, okay. Next question. Who won an Oscar for playing Malcolm Max? X. X. I want to say Spike Lee, but it's not. It's, um, it wasn't Denzel, was it? I'll say Denzel. Denzel Washington. Your answer is? Correct. Wow. Next I shouldn't question. have struggled with that one. <laughs> um, next question. Kiss Me Kate is a musical version of which Shakespeare play? <clears throat> I'm going to take a stab at this and say Romeo and Juliet. Your answer is... Incorrect. It was Taming of the Shrew. Because the red oh. head is Kate. Um, in the musical Oliver, in the musical Oliver, who plays Bill Skye's mistress? Oh, that's hard. These are really tough, Maria. Um, Bill Sykes' mistress. Bill Sykes. Bill Sykes. Bill Sykes. I think was played by Oliver Reed in the original one. I can't remember the name of his mistress. I'm going to have to pass again. It is Nancy Royal. Oh. Oh, no, it's just Nancy then. Just Nancy. Um, in which town or um, slash city is... The Royal Shakespeare Company based. Shakespeare Company, the RSC is based in London. Yep, yeah, which? Um, more specific. South, south, it's on the South Bank. Um, no? Are you talking about Warwickshire? Warwick? No, I don't know. Where is Shakespeare from? Shakespeare is from Warwick, Stratton upon Avon. Your answer is. <laughs> Correct. Thank you. <laughs> uh, second to last question Curio is a character in which Shakespeare play? Oh no, Shakespeare again! You're hitting me with Shakespeare. Um, Curio. Uh, I should know, and I don't know. So I'm going to guess, and I'm going to say Midsummer Night's Dream. Your answer is incorrect. It is the Twelfth Night. Oh.
Now, last question. Cassandra, Grizabella, and Skimble Shanks are characters in which Andrew Lloyd Webber musical? Uh, witches. Not witches. Witch. What's it called? The one. The one. The, oh, the one that's on in Victoria. That one. <laughs> um, the green. It's all green. That one. Is it that one? You know what I mean. It's not that one. Meow. No. Um, Andrew Lloyd. See, I don't. I don't do musicals. That's Jamie's thing. Musical theatre isn't my thing. Um, Meow. Oh, cats. Your answer is. <laughs> Thank you, Maria. <laughs> uh, I, I enjoy being a cat. <laughs> I love cats. So, can you guess your final score? Oh, I think I got two right. Three right, maybe. Three? Because you gave me the last one. I, I'm counting that. Because, like, you may have thought cats and dogs or black cats when you said cats. So you got that right. Drum roll, please. Five. Five? I did better than I thought. They were tough questions though, Maria. Really tough. You got me you got me sweating. <laughs> yeah. So thank you for being on this half special podcast with the different questions. Um, I enjoyed talking to you and I hope the listeners found out some more stuff about your agency and um, how it is being an agent and how to approach them. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Um, just that uh, Audair, which is the talent agency uh, that I co-own with Jamie Beck, my uh, friend, um, also has the Audair Academy, which was something that we were just starting before all this pandemic started. And the Audair Academy is going to be uh, available for people who aren't connected to Audair at all. Um, particularly people who find it difficult to get onto Spotlight so that they can attend casting directors' workshops and they can do um, self-tape challenges uh, and they can learn different accents without having to go to drama school. So there's that. Um, but that's a branch of order. It's a branch of our talent agency. And then the most recent initiative, which we're working on right now, is called The Bear. And The Bear stands for the British Ethical Agents Register. Uh, and the idea is that if you are an actor or an actress and you're looking to find a new agent, you can access the Bear, which is just going to be a list of, of agencies uh, that are on there. And all those agencies that are on there are those that are reported to be working ethically. In other words, they look after their clients very well. Um, because there are a lot of agents out there. There's a lot of agents who aren't really doing that or not as much as they should do. And as I said before, being an agent is a privilege. Um, and it needs to be taken really seriously and we need to care for everybody in the industry. It's so important to do that and the bear is there to help. So um, that will hopefully be available in May or June. Uh, it all depends on the support that we're getting from other people. We've got a survey out at the moment that we're hoping people will complete uh, and tell us about experiences they've had. Um, yeah, so the bear is, is uh, all about being safe, all about um, particularly when you think of the biggest demographic of people working in our industry are girls who are quite young, um, and therefore they need to be they need to be help, uh, need to feel safe whenever they're they're going to approach an agent. Um, so that's what the bear is for: to keep everyone safe. That's why it was chosen as the bear. It is. Thank you for your time. 
uh, thank you for create uh, slowly creating the bear um, and creating a bear hug for actors to um, look into. And thank you for uh, uh, being on the podcast and answering the questions so well as all my podcast um, interviewees do. So thank you to everybody and I hope you all stay safe and sane.